When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Joe with. Oh, Which she's one? not on. Which one are you? Co-host. Okay. Now we'll start over. People <laughs> keep moving the headsets around. I don't know why. In any case, Tom Bernard Joe with. Co-host Catherine Brandt. Andy Brandt Bernard. Cassie Schrader. And we'll be right back. Kick off hour one, Tom Bernard. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive continues to grow. They think it's because of their upfront pricing, no haggle or hassle sales experience. And working with one person from start to finish. I think we all know it's because of the loyal podcast listeners. I've said it a million times before. I won't endorse a company that I don't believe in, and Walzer's no exception. I've bought several cars from them, as has my family. I know what you're thinking. Tommy got some special deal. Well, the truth is we paid the Walzer best price just like everyone else. Walzer will sell about 35,000 cars this year, and you can't do that if your prices aren't great. Do yourself a favor. When it's time to shop for a new or used car, go to walzer.com and give them a shot. You won't be sorry. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Well, it's a one for the money, two for the show. Three to get ready now, go, cat, go, but don't you step on my blue suede shoe. Well, you can do anything but take over my blue suede shoe. Yeah, baby. 
I don't know what happened to my. Uh, how do I make my this screen this part bigger? What part? Seriously, Tom. This. <laughs> you and computers. I hate this computer. I you hate everything the, that has anything do to do, do with the drag modern the sides century. To make them bigger. Little, yeah, oh see God. Bigger? Gives you a horizontal arrow. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you? What? Wow. Here, why don't you do it? Why don't we just have him do YouTube tutorials and? Why not learn how to do it? Because I just. Because he just hates it. That's why. Do I just hate it? He hates his phone. He hates his computer. He hates his printer. I hate anything where he hates the new century. Other people are involved. (laughs) There you go. See, Cassie saved me. Happy National Donut Day. It is National Donut Day. It is. Oh, it absolutely is true. In any case, tomorrow's National Orange. Wear orange. What's the thing with the orange tomorrow? Something about uh, oh, gun violence. Oh, it is. We're supposed to wear orange tomorrow. Like an orange vest? Two. I think we need an app that gives you notifications on what national day it is every single day. You know, it does. It's like eight Twitter, of them per day. if you just go search on Twitter, it's usually the first thing that pops oh, up yeah, in the, the morning. Oh, yeah, the hashtag, what's yeah. trending, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's the only way I know it, mm. any of these things. There you have it. And just like that, America turned Thursday from harumping about Roseanne Barr's racist Twitter twaddle to sputtering about Samantha Bee's profane TV patter. Once again, judging from Twitter, the nation divided itself into warring camps. Here's what I don't understand. If one thing's wrong, why aren't both of them wrong? Because one's more wrong in the eyes of the people that that's are insane. screaming the loudest. We have to have an enemy. We can't just... Yes. That's you know, what it is, isn't it? We have ex- to... Yes. It's about enemies. It's not about, like, actual morality or anything yes. like that. There was a... Um, a thing on you know that next door thing it's like facebook for a neighborhood right and um some kids were approached by this guy in a van blah 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 and everybody's like worried about this and you know and rightfully so and the last two comments and unfortunately i've got to turn the feed off because i hate reading people's comments yeah um the one of the comments was it was a white man of course and the second problem was another woman that said white men cause all problems how is that not racist <laughs> and i'm like i'm like how is this helpful at all white people are the largest minority on the face of the earth okay they just are that's a fact there are more asians there are more blacks there are more uh, you go across yeah, the board that's true more people from india yes I, I i don't understand how it is that you can say whatever you want about white people um we're not the only conquering race ever. The oh. Moors kicked some pretty major ass back in their day. I, I just don't understand why everything is blamed. And why is it that Andy inherited all of these white men problems? What Sins did he of do? the father. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I inherited them too. I, didn't, I was never involved in any of these things. Well, I, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, it's, it's just making these generalizations about, you know, yeah, it is true. Most uh, pedophiles seem to be white, white men. I don't know why. But to blame all white men for a pedophile, it doesn't make any sense to me. None of this makes any sense to me. No. I don't understand any it's of like it at all. It's like some mothers kill their kids because they're crazy. Does that make all mothers, you know, crazy? It's just it, the, the thought process is just so infantile. It is. And they're just looking to hurt other people i think that's that's the other thing i just think that some people just feel bad about themselves so they just want to lash out and that's really fun 
for them. No, I, I understand that absolutely. Barr posted a shocking tweet early Wednesday, and within a few hours, ABC fired her, canceling her hugely popular reboot of Roseanne, despite the potential loss of zillions in ad dollars and eyeballs. On Wednesday night on her TBS late-night comedy show, yeah, uh, Samantha B criticized Ivanka Trump for her father's immigration policies by calling her feckless, attached to the most offensive vulgar term for a female in the English language. By Thursday afternoon, she apologized, but she was not fired, nor was her show canceled. Well, it's because nobody watches it anyway. Are you talking about Samantha B? Yeah. She lost State Farm Insurance, dropped her, and, and so another one. I don't remember. Was it TripAdvisor or something like that? It was a company like TripAdvisor or something like that, or Auto Nation. Or, oh, I yeah, I think it was Auto Traders. Auto, Auto, Tra- Auto Trader. It was yeah. Auto Trader. Yeah. That's exactly right. But see, but the she problem- doesn't get fired. No, she did not get fired. Uh, it was inappropriate and inexcusable. I crossed the line and I deeply regret it. She tweeted those words should not have been aired. TBS added in a statement it was our mistake too, and we regret it. Uh, cue the baying tweet choruses of whataboutism. Need to discredit an opponent's uh, position without directly confronting it. Start tweet shouting hypocrisy and double standard with lots of exclamation points. But that's, what did I, I've been talking about this for the last couple of days. And and you guys both brought up a great point. There has to be an enemy. Yep. And the reason for that is people are deeply fearful right now, but they don't know what they're scared of. So they have to find something to be afraid of, like Roseanne Barr on one side or Samantha Bee on the other side, or both of them, as far as I'm concerned, are a massive pain in the ass. I've never dealt with Samantha Bee, nor do I ever wish to. I dealt with Roseanne once. That was enough for me. They're a pain in the ass. I'm sorry. They just are. Well, Um, I just can't understand why, as a nation, we spend so much time worrying about what Roseanne Barr or this Samantha Bee, who I've never seen I never knew no. who she was until this. So this is her best best thing that's ever happened to her. Well, she was a YouTube. Yeah. Are there such a thing as, is there yeah, such a thing as a YouTube star? Yeah, and that's a very narrow audience. It is. It's a very narrow audience. You know what I loved about this whole thing? Now, the money is still there. I understand that. But it said uh, that Roseanne Barr will probably get another show. Not this show, because pretty much everybody on it turned on her except for john goodman didn't want to comment and and the other woman god i can't remember her name doesn't doesn't matter um they said she she'll be offered to show on a lesser platform i'm sorry but broadcast television is not exactly there's still a lot of dough there because they're trying yes. to trying to prop it up and roseanne was doing a great job propping it up that show was doing very well big bang theory does very well we go down the line but um the problem is that nobody under 35 watches broadcast television. So it's not like a bigger platform. It is for, for older people. Yeah, people 35 to death. You can't really call them older, I suppose. But the, the only audience that grew in broadcast television viewing, the only audience this year that's grown is 65 plus. More people 65 plus are watching TV than they did before. Old and feeble. I don't know about feeble necessarily, <laughs> but, you know. No, well, I, I, I understand that, you know, as people age, they do sit around more. Um, that makes that makes sense. But I just, this whole broadcast TV, there still has to be, that's really still the big goal. It's like if you can, if you can nab a broadcast TV show, you make the most money. Right, right now. Right now you do, yeah. I mean, Netflix has zillions of dollars 
in debt. Really? Oh, Netflix is in huge debt. Oh. Absolutely they are. Um, but I don't know what they pay in comparison to, a, you know, a network. Yeah, like, that like I how don't much know. does a star of Handmaid's Tale make versus a star of, you know, some some popular network TV show? Well, I mean, I will tell you this: the HBOs of the world they pay very, very well. Do they? HBO uh, has that. Don't they have that horrendous program that Bill Maher? I don't know. Do you know that Bill Maher refers to women as the big C in his stand-up act? Oh, sweet. But for some reason, that's okay. Well, like I said, that's the new that's the new rage. It's all you know. It's all it's it's that whole nothing sacred. But nothing sacred is different than being vulgar and offensive, which I've made a living out of. But well, yeah. <laughs> but at one time there were a lot of words that were vulgar and offensive that are just commonplace now. I don't so think... that's all they're trying to do. I mean, there's going to be no words that are left that are going yeah, to be probably. offensive because everything just gets so overused that it just doesn't matter anymore. Remember when uh, Bill Maher referred to himself as the big N? No. Oh, yeah, he just did that about six months ago. He referred to himself as the, like, he called himself my big N or something like that. I, I don't know. The, no knowledge he, of the that, guy man. is an imbecile. Seriously. How he ever got big, I will never understand. He's just a little tiny guy. Once again, he's a little finger Bias, bias. Whatever. <laughs> you, you be a man and try to deal with it. It's not easy. Seriously. Dealing with that, and I'm sorry, but it's true. There is a small man syndrome, and it's really annoying. I don't hold any. I don't care how tall you are, how much you weigh. I don't, it doesn't matter to me at all. But man, they they do carry it around. I mean, they've they've been. Do they have a chimp that. on their shoulder? Yes, a chimp. Who said that? Alex. Oh, she had, oh. They have, yeah, they have a chimp <laughs> on their shoulder. It's like no, that would be a chip, not a chimp. But uh, when did she say? How old was she when she said that? She was pretty young. I don't know. Teen years. She was a teen? Yeah. You know, that guy's got a real chimp on his shoulder. <laughs> no, it'd be a chip. And I don't know what that means either, by the way. Yeah, neither neither one makes too much sense. No, having a chip on your shoulder makes no sense to me whatsoever. But, yeah, I, I mean, that's the whole thing. I think we just, uh, Roseanne shouldn't have said what she said. Right. Samantha B shouldn't have said what she said. Bill Maher should just shut up forever and never talk again. Um, oh, Donald Trump probably should get the hell off of Twitter. Do you see what he did now? No. He tweeted out the jobs report. Uh, I like this. It went just since you guys got here. JB's here. JB's here. Roseanne Barr called for you. Oh. <laughs> um, I take that call. Um, they said earlier, this was a totally different deal, but Trump's, Trump tweeted about the jobs report before it came out. Yeah, which they thought was going to was was against the law. The the, the first headline when I got here about uh, thirty five minutes ago, they said he broke the law, uh, but now they're saying it broke protocol. Yes. Oh, whatever. That's oh, you're not quite on. A, oh yeah, you, you got to turn JB on. He'll be extra. The extra. Yes. Oh, JB's extra. Is that because yeah. you're black? There you are. <laughs> no, anybody that sits here. No, uh, I could remember. Hearing the same thing about Obama. He had tweeted or said something, and everybody was up and on. If you don't do this as a president, you wait till the report comes out this afternoon. Oh, really? He's done it too? Yeah, it's like you don't pat yourself on the back for good news. The other thing is is that when when they break protocol, it can cause a lot of trouble for the staff. Right. 
you know, it's a lot more work for everybody. And it, I it's suppose just, that's yeah, true, yeah. It, it's just like, you know, you. He has to scoop everybody on Twitter. I just hate that stuff. Well, the other thing it could, when it's like financial news, Mm -hmm. it could drive the market up or down. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, that's true. And this was that. This was the jobs report. And that does affect the market. There's no doubt about it. Which, of course, they're giving all the credit to Obama for the jobs report. How? Because he put the wheels in motion. He hasn't been around for 18 months. But we had that same argument when... Bush left and yeah. Obama took no, that's over. that's true. I know. And I remember people saying, no, Bush did all this. Oh, Obama. I know. I know. So, you know, they, they Well, both... everything bad, they blame the last administration. Right. Everything good, good, they, they give right. credit to the last and it's, administration. And it's both, it's both administrations because they both play a part in it. Yeah, I agree. Sure. So. No, there's, I don't think there's any question about it. President Trump broke years of presidential protocol on Friday morning by posting a tweet that signaled a strong jobs report was on its way from the Labor Department an hour before the report was released. But you just said that President Obama had done the I, same thing. I can remember something like that. Yeah. So and people being upset by it. He broke years of presidential protocol. What do you yeah. mean, last year? Two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? Two years. Well, remember when. Um... No, you're not. Remember when uh, (laughs) he was definitely going to get impeached because of the emoluments clause or whatever? Yeah. This is just, you know, every six months we got a new one. Once again, people are scared to death. They don't know what they're afraid of, so they have to find a villain. Right. They have to create things. Why do you think people are so afraid right now, JV? I have no idea. There are some people who can't take prosperity. No, well, they can't. That's very interesting. Well, there's a uh, there was a study done a long time ago. I, well, a long time. I think it was like in the 70s, where basically a guy took a bunch of mice and put them in a big like room where they had everything they needed. Uh, so they had infinite food, infinite water. They had tons of space. And what happened was over time. For no reason, they uh, some of them started to become antisocial. They just never left their room. Yeah, uh, a lot of them just started killing each other for no mm-hmm. real reason. Um, they stopped. Uh, fertility went way down, and they eventually just all died out. Yeah, because thing uh, living bored? things. Is it just from boredom? I think living things aren't really like programmed to handle not having something to like fight against or worry about. Yeah, I could see the killing each other and not, because I used to have hamsters, I mean not hamsters, gerbils as a kid, and when the cage got too big and they had babies, they would eat the babies. Yeah, Ew. there you go. Yeah, rodents eat their babies sometimes. <laughs> That's great. So, We're at 15 uh, <laughs> seconds, I mean minutes. We are at 15 minutes. We'll be right back and we'll tell you about what the horrible tweet was that uh, the president sent out. Oh my God, it was just shocking. Right after this. Tom Bernardo. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company? A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Did you know that about 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. 
Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery or clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to RSVP today. That's 855-554-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. What do you think of that action? Dragging like the it. line? Why are we dragging the line? I don't know. With all the social media stuff, I figured it was... It's a real drag. Relevant. Okay, so here's the uh, the headline a again. monstrous a tweet. Horrible thing that he tweeted. I think Ian just called. Oh, good. Is that you, Ian? I did. There you go. Ian, how you are good? you? Yep, we can hear you can wonderfully. Hear? Can you hear? hear me. You, I can hear you fine, as long as you hear me well. We do indeed, as always. I just have to read a quick line here to finish off a a reference I made earlier. Um, President Trump broke years of presidential protocol on Friday morning by posting a tweet that signaled a strong jobs report was on its way from the Labor Department an hour before the report was released. Okay, this horrible thing that he did broke protocol. Before they, they were trying to say that it was illegal what he did. They've backed off of that and now said, and look, I'm not a big Trump supporter. I'm just... It, this is such BS. I don't care who the president is. We talked about the fact that President Obama was criticized for pretty much the exact same thing. Here's the horrible, offensive, maybe illegal tweet that he sent out. You ready? Yep. Looking forward to seeing the employment numbers at 8.30 this morning. That's <laughs> what he tweeted. And people oh. find that offensive. Yeah. Why? Because they find everything offensive. They have to. Have to like it, we stated earlier. <laughs> they can't handle prosperity. No. I've, I've, I've worked with two different people like that who had to be miserable. They to just be had happy. to be miserable. Yeah. To be yeah. happy, they had to be miserable. Ian, why do you think it is that we, we, we're trying to answer this question and nobody can answer this question? Okay. Pe- right. People are looking for someone to blame their fear on. People are very fearful right now, and they're looking for someone or something to blame their fear on because they can't identify what they're they can't identify what they're afraid of, but they're afraid of something. Okay, but, but I think both of those things are tied into what you all just said. If you don't mind me interjecting into that, Not and I'm all. just going to object to the word they. They. Okay. It was one guy. What? What's one guy? It's one guy who said this might be illegal. Uh, you know, he, he said this was a f- former, you know, Obama guy saying right. this might be illegal. Okay, so that's one guy. There's well, no they. But he, yeah, there is a they because MSN reported it as news. Well, okay, but it is news that somebody who was a former official for a previous administration said that. But that's that's a temporary. I mean, it's a story that in a twenty-four hour news cycle, that's going to be gone in you know what forty-two minutes. It's already gone. I mean, there's this comes up all the time. But the reason I say the reason I'm parsing the they is that we get 
I think it's because of the internet, because of Twitter. Like, how yeah. many stories do we see where they say Twitter erupted today and right, so and right. so? Really? How many people? A thousand retweets out of a country of 300 million? I understand. Uh, so I think we give disproportionate voice to anything that, um, that, that picks a fight or complains because it's dog, it's not, you know, it's boy bites dog. And that becomes news. For just a few minutes, it becomes news. Yeah, and it's too bad that that so, does become news. It's too bad they have such access. Well, okay, but why do we say that? I mean, news just, I mean, if we're going to say the news, right? Mm-hmm. It, at MSNBC has how many people watching at this hour? 156,000? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Right. Yep. So, and and how many people are on the website? Another six hundred thousand, maybe. Maybe. So, it, and, and and they are one out of ten news sources. They may be the one that reported it. So what? I mean, I say I look at news all day long, and I go, oh, so what? Because right. it's not. It doesn't make me mad. I don't even let it hook me because I just think, oh, somebody else filling time, somebody else doing content. It doesn't. It has no impact. It has no relevance unless I give it relevance. Which brings me back to your question about fear. Like, what is it that we allow in the perimeter of where we live? If we look at ourselves as having like a, established a camp and we've got a perimeter, and everything that's on the outside of that—that's all the scary stuff in the world. Inside, yeah, we, yeah. we have to be very selective about what we allow in the perimeter. I think the problem that that I have, people in in my age bracket have is because we believed what Walter Cronkite told us, and we believed what Tom, Tom Brokaw told us, and there were a few others. Uh, they didn't have to invent news. They just, and maybe they were lying to us, too, because I was very young when Walter Cronkite was an anchor. I don't think he was, but maybe he was. Maybe that's, there's always been fake news. Maybe. I don't know. Well, let's look at the other way around. So Walter Cronkite, a guy who I know pretty well only because I studied him when I was here mm-hmm. at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. Well, there is that. Yeah. Phoenix. There is that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Cronkite, like every other reporter in World War II, turned in their news to the government right. for vetting. Right. Not a single report went out that wasn't approved mm-hmm. by the you know, what was in the Department of War. Back then there was a rule that said you had to have one person for each viewpoint on if you wanted to cover an opinion. And that's still a rule, except how far do we take that? Like, do we, you know, there's the, um, really one of the first people to stand up against that was Edward R. Murrow, who said, I'm not going to quote Hitler. I'm not going to go out and find the opposing view to whether or not Jews should be exterminated. Right. Right? Yeah. And so there's a certain point where we all have to decide what is what really brings balance to a story and what is just people ranting because everybody's got this itchy trigger finger and they're always wanting to spout off on stuff. And I, I don't know, I, I look at this whole thing with Samantha B and the C word mm-hmm. and Roseanne, and I, I see these all as part of, it's like a, there's a lot of phony outrage and then some legitimate, like, social concern, but it all gets churned up together because everybody's yeah. going off half cocked. 
Yeah, that's very, very true. I, I um, well, go ahead. Where are you on the Samantha B thing? I don't, I, I made the point earlier. I've never dealt with Samantha B, but I don't think she's funny in the least. I've dealt with Roseanne one time and she was a massive pain in the ass. So I don't have a very high opinion of either one of them, to tell you the truth. But by the same token, uh, I don't, neither one of them should have, they, they should have been more prudent and not said what they said, either of them. Uh, do I hate them forever because of what they said? No, because I, 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 I don't, you know, look, if somebody called my wife that, the big C in public, or somebody called my friend JB, who's sitting right next to me, an ape, and he's an African-American guy. Actually, you're beyond African-American. You're like the darkest man ever born. <laughs> dark. Yes, what? I'm not purple. You're purple. You no. and Grace Jones. All so. right. But anyway, if somebody <laughs> called JB an ape in front of me, or somebody called my wife the big C, I'm, I'd have, they, they'd have a ma- major, major problem. Now, they weren't. Roseanne was not referring to JB, and, and Samantha B was not referring to my wife. So I guess you just you pick your spots. I, 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 well, here's what – and I think that's a really interesting way of looking at it. I, let me push it this much. I think it's true about the C word in the case of Ivanka because it was very specific to Ivanka. Right. right. And I it, – it's an ugly word. Never use it. Hate the word. Always have. Um, I don't even like it when women use it around other women. I, yeah, I hate yeah. the word. It's like the N-word to me. I just don't, I don't want to do yeah. that. I know. It, but the difference is that what Roseanne was doing was promoting something from an alt-right website. This meme that's going around that Valerie Jarrett, former you know White House advisor, right. was, was Iranian and Muslim – Neither right. of which are true. That's right. Um, and so by, by pushing even this whole idea of the Muslim, that she's connected to the Muslim Brotherhood, which, by the way, it's center, you know, it's it, where it is strongest is in Egypt, not in Iran. Right. And, and where all of this happens is it's pushing an agenda. And here's where you and I, I think, would agree. The difference is, is that Roseanne was doing it on ABC's Nickel. There, she's doing it not, not on the air on ABC, right. but she's she's spending their public equity by mm-hmm. by stepping so far out of their corporate brand to be yeah. quoting from an alt right website. I mean, it is Disney. Right? Disney owns ABC, so that's that's about as far from alt right as you can get. Yeah, exactly. It really is. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's the difference. I mean, if she's just. You know, Roseanne smoking weed in Hawaii like she was doing for 20 years in between shows. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's right? true. That's true. I yeah. mean, who cared? You'd be like, oh, there's Roseanne, that crazy woman. But when it's a show and ABC's counting on it, you know, that's a big deal. And the difference with yes. Samantha B, by the way, is how many people approved that before that went out in the air? So if you're going to fire Samantha B, you got to fire the writer. you got to fire the writers, probably. The editor who bleeped her, the director who allowed it to go over the air, and the producer who thought it was funny. Yes. So, I mean, there's like a lot more people in the Samantha B vote in the boat than in the Roseanne well, little but, dinghy. But the entire the entire cast of Roseanne got fired. So there was a lot of people. There were dozens of people yeah. who got fired because of that. So I, I, yeah. I again, I just don't understand the. the 
inflammatory statements. I don't understand the alt-right, right. and I don't understand the alt-left either. I don't understand. These people are all nuts, all of them. <laughs> Unless you agree yeah, with mean, me, I, I hate you. Yeah, I mean, I what? Right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think you – but in this case, too, I look at that and I go, okay, that, most of that has nothing to do with me. Unless somebody's putting it on my Twitter feed – I don't go looking for that fight. No, I, and if somebody's going to post something on my Twitter, then I go, wait a second, drawing the line, can't say that, not here. That's not what I represent. I don't like you saying that. Stop it or leave. That's and that's, what, yeah. that's their choice at that point. I'm so happy that I'm not on Facebook or Twitter anymore. I still have a presence there, but <laughs> I haven't been on either one in over five years because I, and I, I'm, I'm very serious. I got sick to death of telling people how to go F themselves. I got really tired I, of it. I get that. Yeah. I get that. I, I just I take a little more pastoral approach. Well, I'm yes, I'm sure you do. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, but I, but but in the same, really in the same spirit. I mean, I don't like it either, and I don't mm-hmm. like. But I try to. I'll before I finally cut somebody off. I try to at least talk them back, you know, from wherever this place is that they're in, and and I'll do that for three or four tweets. And if it doesn't work, then you know I mute them. Yeah, well, good. I mean, that's, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good route to take. I, I just, I still would like to know why people cannot deal with fear. They cannot, if they're yeah. afraid, or, or they can't deal with it. Deal with fear. You'll be a much happier person. You really will. So how do, how do you think of fear? What's, what does fear mean to you? Um, again, it's the situation goes all the way back to when I was a little kid. My father was mentally ill and he would see and hear things and there'd be nothing there. It scared the hell out of me. But I learned that if I was going to go forward in life, I better deal with that being afraid thing. I have to deal with fear. Otherwise I would probably become mentally ill myself. So I think for me, allowing fear to overtake me is basically allowing mental illness to close in on me. Oh, that's so interesting. I totally get that. Yeah, that's a fact. I mean, yeah. it, it's yeah. it's also, Catherine brought this up the other day, as a matter of fact, that whenever somebody in my family is hurt or sick, I act like a jerk because I couldn't protect them, and it drives me crazy. Oh. Cassie, could you write that down? Because it's the first time he's actually admitted it. <laughs> I can put it, you, I'll I'll put it, it on the calendar. Wall. Date, time. I need that for She needs it all. She needs it all. Right now. Yeah, I, well, I, God, for I, the I minutes. My work here is done. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks, Ian. That's really great. You call in and get my wife to turn on me. That was wonderful. No, I, did not turn I don't see that's not turning. No. Nope. Tur- she turned toward you in love. <laughs> I think she did, yes. You exposed the vulnerability and she accepted that. You may she may taunt you for weeks about it, but I think you know look, remember what fear also means respect. Right? So when we use yeah. fear in the Bible, they say fear yes. of the Lord. It really yes. means respect. And we yes. say when there's snakes out in that field and we are afraid of those snakes, it's a good thing. And when a dog raises its lip and we are afraid, that's a good thing yes. because our body is telling us back off. But there's a difference, though, too, sometimes I think what a lot of people confuse, and especially when it comes to the Internet and all these other stuff, is is unprocessed panic. They yeah, have yeah. no yeah. – it, it reads as fear, but it's really panic. Well, I think you're right. And they have – right? They just don't have the tools to deal with something that's completely unlike what they want it to be. And so they go into panic mode. Yeah, that's totally – can you stay for one more segment? Do you have to go? <laughs> I'll do whatever you need me to do. 
Oh, good. So you'll be here for the next two and a half hours. Good. Glad to hear. <laughs> I'll be here till you have a reason to kick me off. How about that? Well, I'll never have a reason to kick you off. We have great conversations. We, I learn things from talking to you. That's a good thing. You know what I mean? We'll be uh, right back. All that fancy book learning didn't go to waste. Yeah, all that fancy book learning. We'll be right back. More with Ian Punnett right after this. Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well... I received my first MyPillow, and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. MyPillow is offering more than 50% off his four-pack special, which includes two premium MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. Everybody's a victim. Yes, everybody is a victim. It's my party, and I'll cry if I want to. It's all true. As you have every right to. That doesn't mean I want to stay at your party. We're just talking about, you know, it's my party, and I'll cry if I want to, and all the rest of it. There was a guy who used to run uh, Midwest Federal, but I can't remember his name. Hal Greenwood. Hal Greenwood. There you go. Jeez. (laughs) I was told, and Hal is no longer with us, I'm, I'm certain. But Hal decided that uh, he wanted to move in uh, the same neighborhood as the Cargills and the McMillans and people like that. He wanted to move into their neighborhood, so he bought this big mansion and moved in and got everything all prepared. And he set up this massive party to invite everybody over and all his neighbors. You know, I want to get to know everybody in the neighborhood, so come on over. Um, Nobody showed up. (laughs) Oh. Mm. oh, nobody? No one showed up. Hal was notorious oh. for buying his friends. He was notorious oh. for buying friends. You're he, right about that. He, he called himself the Midwest number one sports fan. Yes. And he would always buy uniforms for gopher teams, and they were always the wrong color. <laughs> oh. That's not good news, though, is it? You remember the 70s when the gophers were the football, the basketball, and the baseball team all were wore gold, this off gold, mustard, gold uniforms? Yes, I do. Hal bought those. Why did he buy gold instead? Because oh, it was the golden gophers? Gophers, right. Yeah. Oh, mm. God. Yeah, Hal was an interesting... Didn't he get... He got in 
legal trouble too. Didn't yeah, he? he was the first Ponzi schemer, wasn't he? One of the first Ponzi Some, sch- yeah, schemers Trump, or something like that. His name Hell what? Greenwood. Because he was the one that they went in and found like the gold, the golden sink in the office yeah, and all this. Gold sink in his so, office. Yeah. Pure That's gold what you sink. need is a pure gold sink. sink. Just... Everybody needs one. Is that where that golden, the, the, the golden room joke came from? Probably. One of the great jokes of all time. Actually, it's not one of the great jokes of all time. It's worth it. There was this place called the gold room. This guy calls in. He goes, man, unbelievable. I just want to tell you what a great time I had at your club last night. He goes, what do you mean, had a great time? Well, the gold room. I mean, my God, the, the plates were gold, the, the silverware wasn't silver it was gold the, the wallpaper was gold flake uh everything it was un- what i couldn't really believe is i when i went into the men's room i mean i'd had several drinks so i i had to check myself and go this is unbelievable they even had golden urinals and the guy on the phone goes hey bill i just found a guy that pissed in your saxophone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a lame joke but it's worth me telling. i just love I love the joke. It's a wonderful joke. They were indicted for Midwest giving Federal themselves was. perks and bonuses despite the fact that the company was uh, insolvent. But I don't I think they were ever... I thought that was standard ever... operating procedure for all corporations. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they were yeah, ever... Right. We're insolvent. I get $400 billion. Oh, wait. Maybe he was... Oh, yeah. He went to jail. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up because I want to ask Ian his opinion of this. Yes, he was convicted in securities fraud. Yeah, he was, yeah. Uh, expected to cost taxpayers $1.2 billion. Yeah, other than that, though. Oh. 25 felony counts, conspiracy, racketeering, misapplication of funds, bilking investors with inf- inaccurate information. Why didn't the McMillans and the Cargill show up at his party? <laughs> and you got to remember, this is the late 70s or early 80s. It was. So that yeah. was a lot of money back then. Uh, he was convicted in 91. Was. So 91. Yeah. He's dead now, right? He died a long time ago, I think. Uh, let's see here. I think Hal liked to hit the old uh, happy Sasaruni. hour. <laughs> I think he liked happy hour, if I remember correctly. But uh, He was still alive in 2011. Nah, I think it's about when he died, though. It was 2011, something like that. Hard to Damn, say. Damn it, I just wanted to ask Ian's opinion on something, and now I forgot what the hell I was going to ask him. <laughs> hey, you? I know one of the McMillans. Oh, do you? Yes, I, I knew... Yeah. Uh, I knew uh, one of the McMillans as well, and I, I really liked him. He was a very nice guy. Did you ever, did you ever play uh, Rush Creek? She's on the Whitecaps. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. One of the McMillans is playing, uh, one of the, the granddaughters playing on the Whitecaps. That's <laughs> right. The WHCL, pretty cool. I, uh, Duncan McMillan, I knew Duncan really well. But Dun- Duncan was an interesting guy. Because Duncan uh, got one of those diving suits, you know, with the big, huge helmet that had a hose coming out the top of it. He, Love those. he bought one of those and walked across the bottom of Lake Minnetonka. Oh, that's, that's so the reason cool. why he did it because he wanted to walk. Because he wanted to walk across the bottom. He wanted to walk across the the bottom of Lake Minnetonka. Oh, <laughs> that is so cool! I would have so. If I had that kind of money to blow just for fun, I would do that too. Yeah, Absolutely. if you have billions of dollars, then you know why not. But he he uh, for some reason he always thought I was mad at him. Every time I see him, he go, "Tommy, you mad at me?" I'm like, "No, I'm not mad at you. You're the nicest guy in the world." He actually did something which I just loved. Um, God, what's it? Who's the guy swimming with the sharks? What was his name again? Oh, um, um, Harvey McKay. Harvey right. McKay. I remember one time out at Spring Hill, sitting around talking, and and 
Harvey was going on and on and on about his speaking tour. <laughs> and Duncan had had enough, pretty much. I mean, Harvey's a nice enough guy, but he just he does like to talk about him. He likes himself a lot. Mm-hmm. So Duncan says to him, Harvey, when you go on these speaking tours, I mean, you go on these speaking tours, how much do you make? And Harvey goes, well, I, I'll have you know that my last speaking tour, uh, when it was over, I made about $2 million. Duncan goes, what a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> he just had to burn uh, Harvey. Billionaire humor. <laughs> Duncan was a good guy, though. He really was. Started Rush Creek Golf Course, magnificent golf course. He did a nice job with it. Um, Ian, what, what is, do you have any take or do you have any opinion on what the hell is going on with Melania Trump and why she has just disappeared? Because now they're saying she's not yeah. going to go to Camp David. Yeah, so th- I find this fascinating for two reasons. Can you imagine the narrative right now if Michelle Obama hadn't been seen for this long oh, or God. Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. was missing for this long? Oh. Can you imagine the, how apoplectic Fox TV would be over oh, all yeah. of that? No doubt. I mean, they they invented this whole thing about Hillary having uh, terminal disease and she's oh, insane right. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then it seems, so this one's funny to me because, I mean, she's a very private person. She, We don't know whether she just bolted. We don't know whether she's just said, I can't take any more of this. We don't know whether she found out more about any of these other stories which are from Michael Cohen's files. We don't know any of that. Right. But she's very private. Well. And... I, I mean, if she wants to go, she should go. I mean, if she wants to go be somewhere, she's in the Poconos somewhere, that's fine. I just can't. I mean, I think it's going to be a very innocent explanation, probably very personal. Um, but it, it was, it's funny to me how the narrative would be so different and how she would be, you know, that she would be dead and buried under the Rose Garden. Right. People out there jumping over the fence with shovels trying to find the body. If, you know, if it was a, you know, like a pizza gate thing, they'd be making up out of it. And it's just, I, 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 I'm sorry for her because I feel like she's not very comfortable in her job. Yeah. I, well, I, she can't win. There's no, no way. And no, no matter she, what she does, she's always, you know, nobody's very nice to her. No. I feel sorry. No. I, I really do. I feel, I feel bad for her. I mean, I know that she's most likely a gold digger and yada yada but i just she cannot she couldn't have understood what she signed up for no she didn't sign up for it well he told her donald told her that i have no chance of winning the presidency because he never thought he was going to win the presidency no one did when he did win apparently she burst into tears and said you said you weren't going to win she did not want to be the wife of the president of the united states no i would hate it so very much so, I mean, she's I can't a, imagine what it would be like to be married to Donald anyway. Oh, I don't God. Mean that. I'm not. Oh, horrible. I just mean, he's a high maintenance guy. And at like, some point, you just might need 21 days off. Yeah. Well, know. yeah, or, or more than <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to you or not, but I, I spoke to Donald Trump once in my life. He was very uh, pleasant. His people did their homework. He knew everything about me and Catherine, oh, Andy, cool. Alex, all that. I mean, he was very, very pleasant to deal with, as long as I was talking about him. Right. <laughs> so well, you can you see that, right. right? Yeah, so that's fine. I, I don't know. Uh, the White House says Melania uh, Trump... I... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to read a quick headline here. The White House says Melania Trump won't join her husband when he heads to Camp David presidential retreat for the weekend. President Donald Trump is scheduled to head to Maryland. 
uh, this afternoon, but his wife won't be seen boarding the presidential helicopter with him. Her absence will mark 22 straight days without a public appearance by the First Lady after a recent hospitalization. So I wonder if that has anything to do with it. She was in the hospital for kidney something? Yeah, I think so. kidney infection, I think it was. Yeah, something like that. Mm. And of course, Maybe she pulled a... Sorry. Maybe she's pulled the Dillinger and she tried to change her look. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. The lady in the red dress got to run the other way, man. I um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't blame her at all. It's I, no, who would who I needs it? Oh, that would be horrible. You know, the only downside, just like remember, she was perpetuating this whole birther thing, and yes, she was doing yes. all that nonsense. And she, so to some degree, you know, I mean, she, she isn't such an innocent bystander in one way but i i really agree on the main that she is a she, she she's kind of a non-combatant and yeah, yeah. I, I mean i think she with every day that passes the walls just might seem like they're getting ever closer mm-hmm. in the you know in the, in the west wing what was that outrageous statement that uh michelle obama made right at the beginning of his presidency she made some outrageous statement and i thought god that's a way to jump right about out. Trump or Milan? No, 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 no. She, the Obama she said, she said, "I'm for the first time in my life, I'm proud to be an American." Is that, yeah. is that yeah. oh, right. That's what it was. Yeah. And she yeah. called the White House a prison, a very a prison, nice prison, a very nice prison. Yeah, which she kind of is. But in, yeah, and like I'm again, I'm always willing to let people grow, and like right, right. I don't know what was in her background that led her to say that. I can't imagine. But I know that she addressed it a million times after that, and she kept talking about, yeah, that that was a snapshot of how I felt, not how I feel today. Yeah. And it, she probably, you know, I think she said she phrased it poorly or whatever. And I don't, I always thought it was off-putting, too. But, you know, we're all still people. Yes, right? I mean, that's we're all, true. Everybody's just figuring their crap out as they get older and get more rings around their tree. No, but now... Suddenly, with social media, though, I mean, the slightest right. misstep, and it's splashed all over the news for days. It's just, yeah. you can't well, you can't make a mistake anymore. And that's what, you know, I think this is what, it, there's a lot of websites I abandon because I like them, but I find over time everybody does so much of the same thing, is they measure everything against perfection. And if you can find something, you can find 2% wrong in what somebody said, they'll get a headline out of it doesn't matter left or right center mm-hmm. and they make a big deal a lot of this comes with i can't you know all this sort of social outrage that goes on all the time i can't believe you would say that oh it's the most horrible thing right. and it it usually isn't that horrible and it was sometimes it's a mistake somebody got misquoted but it doesn't matter everybody's so trigger happy and i agree with you that social media just amps that up because the you know, the, that that echo chamber just gets so loud, just the slightest noise, and suddenly something very small, which would have passed without anybody noticing, is huge news. Yeah, no, no question about that. And it's because there's no middle ground. You are either over here or you're over there. There's nobody in the... I, I consider myself to be a centrist, but I tell you what. Me too. What I would like to do is, is have somebody track this down for me. Uh... Publications like City Pages and all these those outfits love to refer to me as a racist and a homophobe, but they have no proof of either one of them. I don't know why it's okay for them to, to label me like that or anybody like that when it's it's not provable. 
I mean, JB, do you think I'm a racist? <laughs> oh, he just starts laughing. <laughs> There's support right there. All right, we're going to take a break here. Wait, we'll be no, back. Well, no, no, we, no, we, we got to stop. We got to okay. stop right here, but, but we'll come back. Uh, Ian, do you, do you want us to call you back in like seven, eight minutes? I want to hear his answer. Okay. I want to hear his answer. Are you kidding me? We'll call you back in about seven minutes. All right? All right. Thanks. All right.